You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of the Essential Apple Podcast. Hello, another week and another episode of the Essential Apple. And this week I am joined by the uh, inestimable (laughs) founding member of the Essential Apple Podcast, Carl Madden. How are you, Carl? Hello, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm also, am I a founding member? I don't remember. I just I just tagged along at some point, I remember. But... <laughs> well, it was you and Mark started it, wasn't it? Oh, oh yes, that's true. True, yeah. That is true. So there you go. That well, he changed you... his name. He changed it from Essential Mac, wasn't it? I, can't... Uh, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, remember his... He had, his, his site was the Essential Mac. Yeah, but he started off as the rampant mumblings. Didn't rampant he? mumblings, yes, that's right. Yeah, I and then that. and then you and him became the essential Apple podcast for a while, and then you went back to the Mac and Forth show, which of course uh, is now back from its holidays. It's only four and a half hours off. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep saying this. It was four shows, so which made us about four and a half hours holiday. For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but you know, those of us on the other side, uh, you know, we missed it. We missed oh, you it. could do a rest. Oh, I'm not. You can't. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What you mean well, no, but we did miss it, and now it's back. So Thank you, you very much. And uh, yeah, I just listened to. Uh, I listened to the uh, this week yesterday. Very good show. Always worth the listen. Um, there we go. And, and, and pushed out just 45 minutes after we stopped recording as well. Oh, well, they are a bit quicker than that's, me. Then. <laughs> that's, that's how good my workflow is nowadays. Excellent. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, it was a funny old week this week, really. Um, surprisingly large number of stories, although nothing, um, as you said earlier, nothing very controversial. Uh, but there we go. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll think. Um, well, I say nothing controversial. There was this um, Ellis Kilik, uh, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, wrote this piece on Medium. It's been splashed all over the, over the place. Uh, how Apple can fix 3D touch. <laughs> did, you, did you read that one? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, so what he's basically going into is, is there's no obvious way to convey to the user that 3D touch exists. And so most users have forgotten about 3D Touch um, because most casual users have no idea that you can 3D Touch certain buttons and and it expands the options. And he's just suggesting that they put a little bit of a user guide, like a little little icon or a little tag, something in the bottom of corner of every single window that you can 3D Touch them. Yeah. And I I, I can't argue with that. I can't argue with that either. Um, I've been saying for some time, you know, some people are really keen on 3D Touch and say they use it all the time. Uh, Kelly Kelly was, uh, you know, said she would use 3D Touch all the time. I I do use 3D Touch a bit, but only for the two or three things that I remember it does. Um, And, yeah, discoverability, I think, is the the issue with 3D Touch. Most people don't know it's there, and... Or they just forget. 
like me, I forget, and then you never know what bit it is. And so I, I thought that was, I thought for some time, really, along the same lines, that, you know, wouldn't it be better if the things that could be 3D touched had some kind of indication on them? Um, I can't really argue with that. And he's, his little um, sort of quadrant in the lower right of uh, of the icons that could be 3D touched seemed eminently sensible, to be honest. I think it's a she. Well, is it? It's a she, is it? <laughs> okay. I think so. Oh, well. All right. Yeah, I suppose it is. I suppose it's probably short for Elizabeth, isn't it? Or possibly. Anyway, there we go. Um, well, yes. Okay. So, yeah, we both, I think we were all in agreement there. That, one, that was quick, wasn't it? That was a quick. Well, no, because it actually makes sense. A lot of time and effort went into developing 3D Touch on Apple devices. And, if you know, as you say, um, it's very hard to make it discoverable. It's okay, Apple saying, oh, yes, now it's got 3D Touch. Here's a few examples. Of course, third parties can add their own little flavors to 3D Touch and put in uh, special abilities and actions and stuff like this, but all that time and effort is wasted if people don't even know it's there to, to begin well, with. That, that, yeah, so, totally, totally. So, I mean, I only found out the other day that if you 3D touch the keyboard, uh, all the keys go blank, and then it works as a touchpad. Yeah, and that's been there for some time. That, I know it has, option. but you know, I <laughs> I only found it by accident the other day, and then I thought <laughs> I I knew I'd read about it somewhere, and I'd never really you know just. I mean, I use it. Um, what do I use it for? I use it to clear the notifications, and I sometimes use the 3D touch on the left-hand side to bring up the multi-switcher. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of others I use. I don't even think about it. Oh, I use it. See, to... we need you need a show. You need to show this week in 3D touch, and you could just highlight a few every week. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, I I do use it. I use it for the. <laughs> Like most people, I suspect, I use it for the flashlight, so you can adjust. The oh yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, there there are ones that you just don't even know are there. I mean, uh, the timer. Apparently, you can three D touch the timer. Yep. Um, in the control panel. So you're right. It, it, I'm sure people spend a lot of time and effort making all those things work, and then it effectively, it just goes <laughs> right over most people's heads. So there we are. Um. Oh, what else? Uh, Apple had some new ads. Carl, they brought out some new ads behind the Mac. Yes. Um, but why? <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Um, well, there's another story in here. Uh, John, I never pronounce his name. Uh, Martin. Ma- Ma- uh, John. Anyway, <laughs> Ma- I always try. I always want to th- say that it's John uh, Martarello, but that's not how it's pronounced. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, he has written a piece. Uh, which uh, he says Apple may be ready to unleash a slew of new Macs. Uh, he believes that the... <laughs> yes, well, he, he says the omens are good. Um, what? It, because they haven't released one for over a year, most well, of the time. Yes. So, so basically anyone, could we state the bleeding obvious, please? <laughs> yeah. I'm, However, not, I'm not calling into question anyone's ability to write in a story, but... Come on. Well, yes, there is that. But um, he does he does bring together a few threads to uh, yeah. you know support this. Uh, he kind of wrote it in response to the uh, sad state of Macintosh hardware, which was on the Rogue mm. Amoeba blog, uh, blog. Which um, I mean, that garnered quite a lot of uh, attention this week, um, and quite rightly so, really, because they're pointing out that. Now, why is the Mac languishing so badly? It's, um, 
I mean, what is it? Well, well, see, here's the question. See, here's the question. I understand the argument. I understand if you are on the fence about buying a brand new and you want to go the way of Mac, a brand new Mac, and you're looking around saying, well, you know, it's been a year, um, apart from the, the iMac Pro that's been like half a year, but do I, do, do I buy it? And, and again, I don't know. What do, you, what do they really think is going to happen in the next iteration of, of, of Mac hardware? There's no real leaps forward in the Intel chips. There's no new RAM technology is there that they're going to employ employee there's there's what there's ssds which are basically the same speed what is it they're expecting to see on the next iteration that's going to be so groundbreaking apart from the mac pro of course well there is that but i um i mean i know that the new is it coffee lake uh processors are supposed to be coming on stream and i know apple like most other people you know they're they're shackled at the moment very much to what intel do and intel have most distinctly been getting tardier and tardier with releasing their their new chips. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm not, you know, I'm sure that uh, these chips get ever more complicated and ever more difficult to produce. I mean, um, what are they on now? They're talking about seven nanometer technology. Um, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I don't know. Is it smaller? Or, what's the best number? <laughs> smaller, smaller, I thought, and smaller. I thought it was ten. I thought no, they were struggling with ten. Well, they, they, uh, the the new ones are seven nanometer. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm well, getting down to the size of electrons then, or something. Well, yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I remember when they were talking about twenty-five nanometer. You know? uh. <laughs> um, yes, uh, and but yeah, it also. Um, I was reading uh, earlier today. Actually, I was reading a piece about uh, about chip technologies, and and they were saying, you know, that you're re- beginning to reach a, a kind of um, you know laws of physics barriers. Mm. Yeah, it just gets hard. Every it's like trying to reach absolute zero. You know, you can get down to one degree off. That's not too hard, but getting to the next half a degree is like four times more difficult and so on. It just mm. becomes exponentially more difficult. So um, I, I don't know. There's lots. I, uh, but then again, you know, there are Macs <laughs> like the, you know, the Mac Mini it hasn't been updated yes. in like no. 1,300 yeah, days or something. Was that? that is that is totally indefensible, that thing. Because oh, uh, it's still years or something. Yeah, and it, and it's still virtually at the same price as it originally came out. So yeah. that's 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 unconscionable. We that's totally undefendable from from their point of view. Um, they should either kill it and let us all know, or 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 have bought something out in the meantime. And they don't necessarily. They wouldn't have necessarily had to have changed the physical outside of it. Just update the chips inside there, yeah, exactly. and that one's inexcusable. But the, the other ones, the MacBook Pros and the and the MacBooks, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yes, once they started sealing all their units up and making it very hard or nigh on impossible for you to upgrade them than yourself, they should now take on the responsibility for upgrading regularly for all of their customers, not just pros for everybody. And the fact that it does, this time's only a year. I'm, I'm going to give them a year. I don't need a year between a refresh for a computer itself. Anything getting up to two years, definitely beyond two years, should be probably looked at being boosted in some way, uh, in some manner, because technology prices drop. And so they should be able to put more of the same stuff in there, be it more RAM and whatever, things like that. But 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 yes, I mean, I'm not going to call them out over being a year late. A reason probably this is getting so much story uh, and so much pickup is because 
all their stories about the Mac keyboard and everybody wants the new MacBook, MacBook Pro to come out of a new keyboard because that's what hit all the headlines a few months ago. Yes, that, they're, so they're, that's, you know, and yeah. I... I, I do understand that though. I mean, those are not cheap machines, are they? And oh no! If you've yeah. got a, if you've got one that's got a dodgy keyboard, you are not going to be very pleased about it. Not one bit. Um. So anyway, John pulls together several threads here, which he he says uh, make him feel that something's coming. One, of course, was all, all the love that was uh, lavished on Mojave. Um. Mm-hmm. The uh. There is uh. Evidence apparently of a six-core Coffee Lake MacBook Pro with 32 gig of RAM uh, floating around that's apparently been sent for benchmarking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. there, there are these ads. There's these new ads, which obviously, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna promote the Mac, you need to have something to be promoting, really. Um, and uh, what else was the other thread he had? Um, well, of course, Macs don't need fanfare. If they're going to release a new MacBook Pro or an updated version, I should say, of MacBook Pro or the MacBook, they're invariably going to be spec bumps rather than um, actually physical changes. So yeah, you could just decide to here's a here's a here's a press release. The new ones will be up on Friday. Yeah, they don't need to have an event for that. We don't. There's no necessary just because nothing was announced at WWDC. It doesn't necessarily mean we've got to wait all the way to September, October, whenever the iPhone event. No, it doesn't. They, it doesn't they, mean any 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 such thing. Yeah. I mean, in fact, for the Mac on the whole, they they very rarely make a big you know yeah. a big splash out of it because they're not going to change the. I mean, I know they did for the um you know the new MacBook Pro or whatever, but then that was a, a fairly heavy redesign, wasn't it, with the touch bar and new keyboard and, and so on. But, I mean, the, the iMacs don't really, even if they have a new processor, you know, they, don't, they don't change that much. You don't, would you even be excited to go and watch uh, <laughs> an event? <laughs> to, here, is a, here is a new iMac. It looks just like the old iMac. <laughs> unless uh, unless it came out in gold or something, it wouldn't even register with most people. So no, I don't. I, I think you're right there. I think you're right. Um, so I, I I guess there are th- yes, I suppose there are two things. I, I the thing about the keyboard is one. I think you're right there that people would like to see Apple bring out a new MacBook Pro um, and say we've sorted out the keyboard. Um, and of course, there's a lot of people still hoping and praying that the the Mac Mini's going to get an update. And well, I don't, including me. Yeah, and I don't see why that's so difficult because you know it's four years out of date now, and it shouldn't be that difficult to just stick a more up to date processor and a bit of RAM on the motherboard, and there you go. So, Last things I heard is they were working on it, but other things in that company is are getting are getting pushed at the top of the list. iPhone always has to come out every single year; they cannot miss that window. So they put a lot of their engineers into their cash cow, and then after that, it's probably it's probably the iPad and and other things. And they are no matter how big a company that they are, they are all restrained. Not just not just um, not just Apple, but. Microsoft, all the rest for more, rest, like restrained by the finite amount of engineers out there, and and you know this is why this is why they heavily push everyone become a coder, everyone learn code because in ten years time, these people become viable employees. They hope, and uh, it'll sort of swell their ranks. But uh, but yeah, I mean, what 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 do we want? It's not as if that we don't. Is anyone seriously thinking that Apple sitting there going, ah, oh, we can't be bothered to release anything? 
we'll give it, we'll just, whatever, we'll just leave it. Or are they researching things and then waiting for other people to catch up with where they want to be and then finally push something that they seem like I, I okay sus- with? I suspect that Apple, um, and also, you know, as you said, I mean, the days of, um, the, the days when every, you know, every computer release was, you know, a massive quantum leap forward. Yeah. are over. I mean, yeah. you know, unless somebody comes up with some fabulous new technology that shakes the world. Um, well, that's why that's why everyone goes on about incremental now, isn't it? It's yeah. you know, chip, we're just chipping away at the uh, you know ever increasing, you know, increasingly difficult to squeeze a bit more power. <laughs> well, that's why everyone goes on about ARM processors because they Apple are producing new ones every year and again faster and faster and more powerful and more energy efficient. Of course, on the other side is Intel have hit basically a hard roadblock and and they're faltering. And, and at the moment, not only Apple but a lot of the other companies rely on the Intel roadmap, and it's it's kind of letting everyone down. It, I, you know, do, what do we want? Do we want the trouble is Apple makes a few machines, and if you don't like them, tough. There's no alternative to go to. If you like PCs, if you're into Windows and stuff, there's a myriad of different PCs. You can even build your own one if you so wish. There's so much choice. But we have we in the Apple sphere has to realize that's the case. And it's always been the case. Anyone that's running around now going, why is it so different? It's crazy. It's always been like that. Oh, yeah, it's always been like always. that. Always. Always. That is true. It has always been the case of, you, you know, um, and Apple, apart from the, you know, apart from in the 90s when they were chucking out machines, a confusing myriad of machines that nobody yeah, exactly. could tell the difference of, which, you know, in the end all tended to all be much of a muchness anyway. Uh, no, you didn't have a lot of choice, and you never have. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. As we say, the Mac Mini is completely indefensible. Um, yes. But that, that said, you know, the, the iMac got a refresh last year. Um, which I admit was the first one for, what, two years, three years? Um, because that was when I went to my boss and said, right, now they've released a new, um, you know, a new iMac. Uh, can I have a new iMac, please? <laughs> um, because the one I was using was nearly eight years old. I think. Was Bondi Blue? <laughs> no, it wasn't, not quite. But uh, it was, And it's, you know, it's still working. It's been moved down to the Studio Junior, which it was a big jump up for him. So there we go. Um, uh, but yeah, just well, they'll, I they'll release when they're ready. They'll release them. That's that's well, all that you is, can that is the, that is ever the truth. Say and whether or not the whether or not the mini is ever going to see another one, who can say? There well, we. the only thing that makes me think there might be another update is they still leave it on sale. So yeah, and they have Tim himself has said it does play a part, but we don't know what that is. It could be a doorstop for all we know. But <laughs> yes, I mean, up his wobbly desk. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'd, like I say, I, I'd give it. Something needs to happen with that soon. I don't see any any definitive moves on it or anything like this. It's massively old technology. If you buy a Mini, then you you must have a very specific reason for buying that piece of kit because it doesn't make any sense. There's, there's far more powerful PCs out there that you can get for that price now. You can buy a, probably a, a better PC for about 200 yeah. quid, I would have thought. I mean, it's still got a spinning drive in it, hasn't it, as far as I'm aware? Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I yeah. think it's still got. Um, I don't even know if there's, there's Fusion is available on there. All I can say is I bought I bought another I bought another SSD in my second Mac Mini, and oh, it's like a different machine. It's I know beautiful again. <laughs> I have to say that 
you know, everybody says that. And when I put an SSD in my laptop, oh, man, did I notice the difference. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's better than all the... I remember all times when I was building PCs and you used to put more RAM in to try and... <laughs> no, none of it works. But an SSD is, is absolutely astoundingly different. There we go. Um, now, uh, Apple Maps, you mentioned this on your show yesterday, didn't you? The Apple Maps had a widespread search and directions outage. <laughs> Uh, and, and so you uh, you had to navigate your way to your drinking hole <laughs> by the stars, Fortun- apparently. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I can do it by smell normally. So. <laughs> Just follow your nose. <laughs> yeah. Um, d- does anybody know what that was about? Not not yet. I mean, uh, I've not seen anything saying. I mean, it's probably just what it normally is like when Google Mail goes down or something. It's just something silly that's Something's gone on. Broken, in the... Yeah. Uh, in the Slack room, I think somebody said, uh, you're sure the cleaner didn't accidentally pull the plug out of the yeah, mini. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it did go round, down around the world. So, uh, And it was weird because it was the first time I was, I just put iOS 12 on my iPad mini and I was going to use it to get down into London and navigate to the bar, as you say. And, uh, of course, I, I went to leave the house. <laughs> and, um, an image I'd never seen before, it says, I can't find the way. Um, oh, okay. And that's when I saw the stories um, coming out. But, uh, yeah. But it's amazing, isn't it? Everybody noticed the Apple Maps outage was was going on, but apparently no one uses it. Oh, yeah, that's it. Nobody uses Apple Maps because it's so rubbish. Yes. <laughs> Apparently. So, so what? <laughs> uh, yeah. Talking about that, yeah, along those lines, um, Alistair Jenks, who uh, was on the show recently, uh, I think it was on Twitter, he, he posted a thing saying, I think Google need to update their map. There's a, the, uh, the fo- you know, the satellite photograph of Wellington Airport uh, shows one of the buildings as a building site and apparently it's been open for eight years. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, and Apple's apparently is fully up to date, and you can look at the control tower in 3D. So there you go. <laughs> so no, you just Apple... can't find it if you use it. <laughs> oh, allegedly, allegedly. I, <laughs> no, it's got no, better. I don't find Apple Maps to be any, you know, better or worse than Google or. Um, it looks pretty. Yeah. I uh, most of the time, I have to admit, I, I use NavMe on my phone, um, which is a you know, freebie crowdsource. Mm. Um, I always use it myself. Yeah, it's that sort of thing. Typical that nav um so there we go uh i did see also that apparently and it's sort of vaguely related to um navigation that apple have recruited a senior waymo engineer and former nasa jet propulsion lab uh person a woman i think actually to uh help with their car project yeah the best thing about this though is her name uh, what's her name jamie waydu <laughs> From Waymo. <laughs> I found that funny. If no one else does, okay. <laughs> yeah. Waydo of Waymo. Uh, and, yes, NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Um, so we're going to have rocket cars. Oh, I don't know. Apparently she worked on um, she worked on the rover, the Mars rover. Well, right. Um, yes. Her signature work was developing one of NASA's Mars rovers. So uh, spirit or opportunity or whatever. <laughs> Which is, uh, well, that operates well in, in the Utah desert, doesn't it? Oh, no, that's right. It's a conspiracy theory. I've <laughs> it's not one I believe. It's just one I've heard. That's yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, and, of course, at the moment, what's it? it's only done 5,000 days more than planned, I believe. But now it's hunkered down in a terrible sandstorm. Might not make it, we're told. If the, if the storm doesn't clear soon enough, then the batteries will go dead and that will be the end of it. 
Uh, there we are. Um, I, oh, yes, this, this was one. The, uh, the future was posted to Twitter last Friday. Uh, this was on the Mac Observer. I, I like this. This, was a, um, this is an AR story, basically, um, where a, a guy, um, a developer, used the AR kit to attach um, like persistent information uh-huh. in AR to some real-world objects. Uh, I think he had a car parking permit and um, a loyalty some credit card, card or something, thing. wasn't it? Some mm. sort of loyalty card. Uh, yep. I, I like that. Um, it uh, That's the sort of AR I've, I've been expecting, really. This is, this is the AR future. I think, uh, you know, this is where the AR starts to become something real-world useful, as it were. So I thought that was rather clever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the possibilities are starting to open up. I say, like, your first, the first AR kit um, could only do flat surfaces. And then, what was it, 1.5 opened up, you could do walls with it as well. Uh, and now AR kit 2 can do so much more. It's amazing how quickly these this, this technology is coming together. And uh, once we get iOS 12, I'm hoping, because there seems to be a lot of excitement about AR kit this time around but of course we're still going to be limited with these slabs of glass that we're walking around with the true the other shoe to drop surely has got to be some kind of 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 head (laughs) head hardware that we can put on either over our glasses or and it can't look too geeky because that's the thing that stops google glass back in the day plus that and everyone suddenly thought people walking into toilets taking a picture of them which (laughs) i mean what sort of brain have you got to have for that to be your anyway whatever right (laughs) But uh, but yeah. Anyway, so it does. It, it is putting a lot of technology in place. So if Apple is ever going to look at some sort of visual technology that we can use in our glasses, um, and that'll be tricking itself because not everyone wears glasses initially. Not everyone wants to wear glasses, so it'll be a choice. But if they can imagine when they can finally get this technology down to fit in the arms of a glasses or in the in the you know the surrounds and and stuff. All the software, all the all the development has been done, and it can all just be turned on. And then you could walk out of your house, and you could see when your train, where your if your train's delayed, if your bus is delayed, if the people are already checked in at the restaurant you're going to. So many features can come because we are seeing having information both both brought to us, and we're pushing it out. And it's looking, it's seeing what you know it sees around. It's picking off. I don't know. It will be the equivalent of a QR code, I should imagine, but but not visible to us. And um, and we'd just be inundated with possible information. Of course, then we'll have information overload and how much screen time we're getting through our eyes again, and it will be a vicious circle as it is today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. No, I've I've been saying this for some time, and people uh, have laughed at me about it. But I really do believe that AR glasses, or certainly. Uh, some other kind of, as you say, head hardware hmm. is is where it's going to go, and I'm pretty sure that Apple are working on on something. Um, and it's amazing what you know. Pe- people will accept all sorts of weirdness. Um, if it if it brings them something that they want, that's the truth. Um, I don't care if it ends up looking like a Borg eyeball. You know, that'll do me. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring me my augmented future. Again, they've got to balance up with invasion of privacy. Obviously, you don't want to be walking down the road and someone else looks at you with their glasses and they get all your information up, like your address, your name, your age, your social security, your national insurance number, and on all that kind of information. You don't want that to go on, obviously. No. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but... Uh, there's but a, the, I watched a film the other day, uh, 
sort of in in that realm actually called Anon. It was on Sky. Uh, it it's more of a sort of it's a who done it kind of murder mystery. But um, the premise is that everybody has this access to a sort of um, yeah AR technology where everybody knows has all this information about everybody else. Um, and the guy's a detective, and they have this person who appears to have escaped from the you know the net. And he says, "How dare they go and kill somebody and leave no <laughs> leave no information? What we've got here is a proper who done it." Um, and it's not a bad film actually. I enjoyed it, but there you go. Yes, that that's you know he's looking at uh, as he looks at everybody, he gets all this information about who they are and where they work and mm. so on. So, so the problem with AR kit is uh, is as they start to introduce it and we start to see demos in, in from developers and stuff like this, we get we start to form opinions of what it will be when it finally arrives, and that can can be kind of dangerous because their imaginations are so much more you know, excitable than the what the reality will probably turn out being, unfortunately. So it, it might help to not to get too excited about these possibilities initially, anyway. Because they're they're going to be quite basic, I think, to start with, and then as the technology goes on, and as the people learn to use applications and different methods of displaying this information on what they're displaying, then it becomes more and more useful. The problem could be it's just like Google Glass; everybody just shouts it down really early, and it never gets a chance to get off the ground. I I I see your point there, and that I guess there is a risk of that, but I think there's always enough. Um, you know, tech fans and nerds and geeks like us who would uh, persevere regardless. And, uh, you know, like the, the smartwatch or even the smartphone, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't start off with massive oh, absolutely. uptake. You know, it, it, it first it's, it's the geeks and the nerds and the, and the techno dweebs, you know, who are using these things, but gradually they leak out into the ma- mainstream. So, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I guess you're Can't partly right. Can I just say right. tech enthusiasts rather than insulting everyone? <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought this. We all get, we're going through an age now where you can't say anything to anyone, but everybody feels fine calling you a geek, a nerd, a dweeb, or anything like this. I say no. We should stop this hate speech, and we should say tech enthusiasts. Thank you very much. Very all right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your uh, PC <laughs> stand. I'm, I'm just saying, if we're going to like play this, we need to play it properly. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But I guess I, I, I think you're right. It could be um, we don't want to get overhyped, do we? Um, there's, there's nothing worse than um, under-promise, over-deliver, as they say. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not, no, it's not going to be Iron Man's uh, heads-up display, is it? Certainly not, not to yet. start with. Not yet. You'd start with fairly basic things, I'm sure. But uh, there we are. Um, but that was, a, yeah, the, the the video of the guy with his cards with um, you know, kind of persistent information attached was. Mm-hmm. They did make me think. Yeah, now this is this is the sort of AR I yeah. imagined where it's actually doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with all the games and the toys and 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 so on. But there is much. Uh, you know, they're as much about figuring out how the technology works as, as uh, they are anything else. Well, I'm not going to play that Harry Potter game, and I'm certainly not going to go and play Pokemon, for God's sake. I don't... <laughs> Fair enough if you get joy out of that, but it's not for me. No, no, um, not really. Well, I, I, you know, not. I'm sure the Harry Potter game is not really for me either, but I, if it if it uh, ever breaks cover for real, I could imagine that that will be, a, that will be quite big, I think. Mm-hmm. There'll be a lot of people waving their pencils around. 
Yeah. Yeah, not, I wouldn't advise it in many London parks, but okay, it'll be spot the moped coming to kick your phone more. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, yes. Oh dear. Talking about uh, criminal behaviour then. <laughs> Look at that. What a brilliant segue. Um, Apple have acknowledged new efforts to thwart passcode brute forcing, uh, which is, of course, the uh, USB restricted mode, which they introduced in 11.4, mm. I think. Certainly in, uh, certainly in 11.41, which is still in beta. And, of course, it's in uh, iOS 12, which is the... Uh, I think they've short they've shortened the window. I think initially it was seven days, and now they've shortened it down to an hour. Which means if your phone has not been unlocked in the last hour, uh, the lightning port uh, is effectively disabled, apart from charging. Yeah. Um. Uh, and Apple have op- openly said that yes, they have done that, and that uh, it's they've done it for customer. Uh, security. Uh, of course, some people are saying, you know, well, what about the poor law enforcement geezers and their grey shift boxes? Um, I, I am still of the opinion that there's a lot more people with, uh, you know, a right to privacy than there are people who are up to nefarious purposes. So, but grey shift have uh, claimed, in no proof yet, have claimed that they have already found a way around this uh, USB restriction. Although, I'm sure they have said that. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was going to say, although, you know, I'm pretty much, well, of course they're going to say that, because if they don't, nobody's going to fork over 30K, are they, for one of their yeah. unlocking boxes? Um, whatever they're doing, um, it's obviously a game of cat and mouse, because whatever they do, even if they do, even if they have found a way around it this time, Apple was, you know, they're just going to buy one of these boxes and find out, find out what it does. Uh, through through some means. I mean, if you was in business and these people were hacking in supposedly into your your IP, you'd want to find out how, wouldn't you? You'd go and get one of their boxes and and find out how it was worth doing it, and then you'd block that access. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all great being law enforcement, uh, and so the problem is law enforcement exists, yes, and it needs to be preserved, yes. But we also got other people out there who use the same methods, and there's far greater than more um, amount of them, and they could do far worse damage than just law enforcement trying to trap someone or catch someone, I should say, not trap, but catch someone like selling drugs or or, or plotting something. I mean, but but you always hear law enforcement go on about this new digital. I'm pretty sure the, the law enforcement used to work back in the old days as well when they had to do legwork. Yes, yes, that's. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes. I'm sure it's very tempting just to sit behind a computer and go through files and you know, like have the machine find the bad guy for you. But there's other ways as well. Right? You know, they still can do. They can still search properties and things like this. They can still interrogate. They can still look at cameras. You know, which litter every street corner here in London. They can do all these things. It's 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 just uh, it's just they seem to use these devices to clean up the mess afterwards to make themselves look like they're doing something. And I'm not slagging off any law enforcement because I know it's a terribly terribly difficult job. But when you see most people's interactions is as soon as you get pulled over or something, they take your phone and copy all the details on it. That's not right. On the off chance that you might be a crimp, like a real criminal that they're looking for, rather than someone that just broke a speed limit or so, took a took a turn without indicating. Yeah, and 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 they, you, you know, you say that doesn't happen. It happens all the time. There's always someone out there who who's had a bad. They're only human beings, <laughs> you know. They've got they've got uh, limits. They've got to hit and 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 things like this. And they're encouraged to try and catch people doing anything. But uh, 
Yeah, it's, it's sad. And it's not just this country or US, you know, iPhones are sold around the globe. And although our governments, you might think are okay, no matter how far to the left or to the right they go sometimes, there's still much worse countries out there with much more egregious law enforcement and 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 things like that going on and and just the fact that if you're if you're the wrong sexuality in some countries for example you can be completely discoverable from your phone um it's 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 not a good world we live in so apple doing as much as they can to protect us is, is great and you know it's what can you do we otherwise we're walking around totally exposed we might as well do that we must just agree there's no privacy there's no security just on the off chance that we might be safe yeah yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, um, as a sort of adjunct to that, uh, I also read uh, a piece this week that uh, a lot of uh, American um, police forces are not very happy with uh, grey shift anyway because uh, they, they're saying that all the, um, all the coverage that they got, all the media attention that the grey shift box, uh, you know, uh, brought about yeah. effectively um, by made it obvious to everybody what law enforcement was, was doing with it and therefore has caused people to take defensive measures that if it was a secret, they might have you know, not have taken. So there you go. It's, uh, if, you, if you work in the uh, kind of shadows of, the, um, of that kind of thing, maybe it's not a great idea to promote yourself too uh, loudly. Um, well, it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? Yes, it is. I, I mean, it's a it's a constant. It's like all these things. It's like um, you know, hackers and and um, you know, it's hackers and malware versus yeah. anti malware. It's a constant. And it's two in. It's the old argument. It's all the old argument as well. Like if you're doing nothing wrong, you've got nothing to worry about. No, if you're doing nothing wrong today, you've got nothing to worry about. But maybe tomorrow a law will change, and you suddenly are doing something wrong, or you've done something wrong in the past. Now you've got to worry. <laughs> um, now, this, this one, uh, the, this next little one, um, uh, Dougie, uh, Andy J in the Slack room uh, posted this one. Uh, private internet access, which is his VPN of choice, uh, their no-logging claims were again proven true in court, apparently. Um, this story comes from Torrent Freak. Um, but it's uh, a story, uh, and it I kind of it kind of ties in in a way because um, VPN provider internet access, uh, private internet access, which has a strict no logging policy, has proven once again it is unable to link online activities to a user's identity. Um, a conclusion revealed as part of a hacking trial in uh, San Jose Federal Court is the second time that the provider's claims have been successfully tested. Public. Um, and the story is basically that uh, this 34-year-old uh, guy was accused of hacking into several local media websites, um, including the Palo Alto Weekly and the Almanac, and uh, charged with intentional damage to computers, attempted damage, and uh, computer intrusion. Um, and what the story, I won't bother to go through the whole of it, but basically uh, v- VPN uh, you know, private internet access said we don't log what he does, and uh, so we can't tell you anything. And that was upheld in court. However, um, lots of other evidence was uh, gathered, such as um, the IP, uh, his father's IP address was used several times, and then his father said, "Well, that's when he was staying with me." Um, and so was the coffee shop IP uh, down the road, uh, and so on and so forth. So. Uh, Apparently, he, although he might have been smart enough to use a VPN from his home computer, he didn't bother to use it anywhere else, and so 
the finger well, and, blame and, and, has and, pointed at him. And the, and the fact that he told his friend who got, who told on him. Yes. <laughs> so that small matter. Uh, that's what was it? Uh, what's the old saying? If you don't want your neighbour to know you're, uh, you know, having it with his wife, don't tell anybody. Well, no, again, this just shows to me this is what law enforcement does. They went out and they got facts, which were ch- checkable to a certain extent, and they found a witness, and the, the times all match up to where he roughly was. That's it. Yeah. I mean, if if you if they find that's enough information, they present that before a court. It's not our fault that a court now believes the juries on courts now thinks that everything is accessible online, that CSI can turn up and tell you who the murderer is within 30 seconds. That's not... <laughs> Enhance, enhance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is this is I think this is another thing I think the law enforcement get upset about because they think when they go to court and they present their evidence, the, the jury thinks it is like it is on TV. And why can't the the police or whoever present the evidence as well as it's presented on TV? And of course, most people don't realise that's fictional nonsense. <laughs> It's on TV. Total rubbish, but, indeed. Yes. Yeah. But um, entertaining. It can be entertaining, I have to admit. Um, but it's, it's... But it's... it's. I mean, IP, IP track. I mean, you can use that for a myriad of things. I mean, okay, this company shows that it doesn't hold on to stuff. Apple claims they don't hold on to stuff. I mean, in the UK, that one fly, you have to... They have to hold on to the logs if you're based in Europe. Um, I guess this is an American company, I assume. Um, but you can't do that here anymore. You've, they've got to keep the records for, what, five years or something now? So, Well, I think yeah. the um, the whole thing is uh, with most VPNs, all they hold is your account details. And they yeah, your sign-up, your email. Yeah, and... yeah, and they'll know when you connect to the service, but they don't know any more than that. Well, unless they're using cryptocurrency, then they also got your credit card details as well. So. Yeah. There, there is that. But um, there we go. Uh, that's uh, a sort of a, a double-edged story there because it ties into what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> the, but the main reason... The guy was crazy anyway. He should just used a Russian, North Korean or China IP address and then they just would have got blamed like, a, for, like yeah. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. What's wrong with it? Everybody does that now. If you're going to do something to use illegal, you use one of those three possibilities and you know you're clear because no one's going yeah, to no you know, come after you. Make it appear you're in China or Russia or North Korea. Yeah, exactly. Or Iran, whatever. <laughs> and then uh, nobody will actually bother looking for you. That's it, because you're just a Russian hacker, even though you did it from Finchley. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have we got? Um, I think we've done quite a lot of it now, haven't we? Um, what else? Oh, um, I, I've put one in here, which is the just a snippet, um, which is... I didn't get time to talk about this last week because, well, we had lots of other things to talk about, obviously, being uh, ex-post-WWDC. But um, when I uh, I had Guy on, we were talking about uh, Apple's Star project with um, some rumours that it might uh, be a dual-screen kind of idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, lo and behold, at... uh, uh, whatever the big show was, Computex or whatever. Um, Intel had a prototype concept device, which was like a sort of seven-inch laptop, uh, which had a screen on one side, and then the other half was an e-ink uh, display, which could be used for writing on or displaying uh, the keyboard and so on. So, um Tiger Rapids, I believe it went by the name of. Um, and there's a link there because it got quite a bit of attention. Um, 
There you go. Not, I'm not particularly interested in it as a Windows 10 type device, but it just uh, kind of went along the lines of what me and Guy were talking about. Well, I mean, well, not necessarily e-ink, but you had um, a little while, well, many years ago now, Microsoft were going to bring out that dual screen book thing whose name completely escapes um, me now. Slate? But they called, was it was Slate? Was it Slate? I don't know. But when Barmer went, they called off, they, they like stopped it and stuff. It, it never went no further. But, uh, yeah, I mean, double-sided computer things have been around for a while now, the the, the idea anyway. Um, yeah. But again, I don't know. I mean, it's a possibility. It could be useful to some people, but most people moan about using a flat keyboard as it is on the screen now. So if you, I can imagine lots of people will be moaning. But then again, I don't know. Is it just because us, we're old fuddy-duddies and we're used to a proper keyboard? You see kids today tap out a message on glass and they're phenomenally fast. Yeah. Put me I, to shame. I, I think I think part of it is if, you know, I mean, I'm a touch typist. So if... Yeah, you'd be screwed. <laughs> yeah. You cannot touch type. No. <laughs> on a piece of glass. Um, but there's a lot of reasons why, you know, uh, this idea keeps propping up. And that is, of course, that if you have a an e-ink type screen or, or whatever, a touch screen for your keyboard, it like the iPad and, and the phone, it's endlessly flexible, can be turned into a notepad, it can be turned into a kit, piano keyboard, can be turned into anything you want. Um, but then what's the advantage over a tablet? Uh, well, indeed, indeed. I... <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not slagging off the design. I'm not. Uh, it's just like they're de- demoing it on the little video that's on the web page, mm. and they're just scrolling nonsense over the screen and drawing lines. Well, okay, great. That will keep me happy for ten minutes. But then what? What am I actually going to practically do with it? Apparently, the bottom keyboard doesn't interact necessarily with the top part of the key, the screen, or anything like that. So what? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a good it's a good demonstration of what they can now do. But uh, you can get cases with e-ink displays on the back. Yeah. Seen them? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, as I say, it's um, it was an Intel concept, and uh, but other than as we were saying, it was Guy was saying, you know, unless, and have they just got caught up in the cool factor there that it, <laughs> it's all very cool, but does it actually bring anything? Yeah, realistically exactly. to the to the table. But that's, I, I think that's the problem. We've 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 now had computers in their basic form as they are today for a very long time. Even tablets are just like blasé now. So the press is always looking for something else to like. Oh, look, this is different. Doesn't necessarily make it if it's functional, but it's different. So let's let's push it forward and say this is a wonderful thing. Why isn't Apple doing this? Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's what they always say, isn't it? Apple must bring out one of these in the next sixty days, or they're doomed. Yeah. I just quickly, well, I'm just quickly scanning through the first paragraph. At least it doesn't mention Apple in the first paragraph. No, no, I have to say that it's, um, you know, it's a purely uh, a, a journo saying that she was, I think it was she, saying how impressed she was with it and she wanted to buy one. But it's only a concept and you can't buy one. Well. Oh, oh, oh hang on, though. I will I'll go back to the first comment on this story it's great to see pc makers flourishing and getting creative also it's interesting to see how apple isn't leading the creative direction anymore <laughs> oh <laughs> never read the comments never read oh, the com- dear <laughs> straight away second sentence second sentence there we go oh dear uh, bless um i am going to uh i've got worth a chirp uh here and that is uh overflow three from stunt software now um overflow that i mentioned this some time ago they they were the uh people who uh i have uh i had 
Overflow 2 for years, like forever. And I got it out of a bundle, I'm pretty sure. And uh, it was probably the only thing out of the bundle I still use. And it, it, uh, it, it in a way, it's just a sort of uh, like a folder where you can put groups of apps. Um, but it's quite natty, and I've, I've used it for a long time. And uh, mine broke for some reason. It, it just, uh, I think when I updated my computer, it would no longer take the, take the you know, the serial number. And um, I contacted um, Stunt Software, and they were very kind and just sorted it out for me. And um, they've just released Overflow 3, which uh, is an, obviously an updated version and uh, will continue to work going forward. And, uh, yes, it's, an, it's a natty little utility. I, I use it to, um, you know, have little collections of uh, themed apps. So I have one for podcasting, which obviously immediately brings to hand all my uh, audio hijack and loopback and yet uh, mm-hmm. so and so on. And uh, I have another one for um, another collection with you know, Photoshop and various other photo-related tools. Uh, so there you go. That's a uh, thing. And uh, here's a top tip. This is a top tip. By me. No, it's not by me because I didn't know this. Uh, I can't remember who told me this, but on the Mac, if you press Command, Control and Space, it will bring up uh, the emoji panel so that you can insert emojis. You know that, Carl? I, the only reason I know this is because um, a little while ago, Rene Ritchie had his iMac Pro start to develop the keyboard problem and it was his control i think button that stopped working so he kept going on about how he couldn't bring up the emoji window anymore and i thought the hell's the emoji window (laughs) and that's how i found out about this so it's fairly recently i've discovered it but yes it's brilliant it is yeah um i i think actually i found out about it in a similar manner but i think i was probably a podcast i was listening to and somebody uh obviously said that Rene Ritchie had been going on about it, and thus they'd found out about it. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it is because uh, it does mean that, uh, you know, whether you're, you, you can be in anything and you can bring up the emoji panel and it's almost as easy as it is on iOS, where you obviously have an emoji window button on the keyboard. So that's my top tip for the week. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well... Oh, do you want me to do work for chirp? Yes, if you've got one, feel free. I'm written it down because I haven't worked out how to put stuff in your <laughs> your sheet without market, messing up your markdown. All right. But, uh, so it's just a, a, a small app, uh, and it's called Save Images, a downloader for Safari. And what you do is you just download this app, um, add it to your share sheet. Then if you go to any web page on Safari, uh, you can just open up the share sheet, tap Save Images, and it will bring up all the images on that website and you can download them individually or on mass if you so wish which oh. is great when you're trying to find images to go with your stories and stuff that you're writing yes very much so oh put the put the link in the discord then and i will put it in the show notes okie dokie very good oh, that that's um yes that's handy because yes like you i um I often am trying to trawl for images, particularly as mm-hmm. I chapterize this, and uh, I like to have images on the chapters. So that would be a very handy little uh, application. Oh, it is. Right. Well, I think we've pretty much killed all of the stories, Carl. So uh, would you like to do your, you know, shill yourself? <laughs> How dare you, sir. I shall go to the street corner and shill myself now. Um <laughs> <laughs> My name's uh, Carl Madden. Obviously, you can get hold of me on Twitter at Clause0101 or over there on the Mac and Forth show if you search it out in your favourite podcasting app. Very good. 
And uh, I am, of course, on the Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show is Essential Apple, and uh, the website is EssentialApple.com. So, uh, thank you very much, Carl. I think uh, we'll wind the show up, and uh, we'll let John Nemo take us out via the hardware store. So, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Nemo's Hardware Store is back here on episode 92 of Essential Apple Podcast. I have a lot of great new items for this summer, so please check back every week. This week, the product is called Airfly. One word, A-I-R-F-L-Y. Airfly. The company is 12 South. All one word again. T-W-E-L-V-E-S-O-U-T-H. 12South.com. Cost in the U.S. is $40, currently out of stock, but they will be back very soon. Allows wireless headphones to connect to wired headphone jacks. Go to the website on our link on EssentialApple.com for this episode. Read about it. Watch the video. What you get when you open the carton is a small orange box. Inside that box, an instruction manual, a soft little carrying case, two cables, and the AirFly. One of the cables is a standard USB tip at one end and a micro USB at the other end. That's what you plug in to the USB micro port on the top of the AirFly to charge it up. And it describes that on page 12 of the little manual. So look at that first before you read the rest of the written instructions. Once it's charged up, you press the little button on the AirFly on the front. And the unit is about one inch by inch and a half by a quarter inch. Very small, light, and portable. Then the other port has audio output. So I plug that in. That's now plugged in. And then this goes into my iPod Classic or an exercise room console in a fitness studio or a gym where they have those headphone ports or your TV that has headphone but no Bluetooth or on an airplane, the entertainment device would have port for plug-in headphones but not bluetooth so anywhere where you have conventional traditional 3.5 millimeter audio output from your audio source or video source but no bluetooth then you take your airpods or any bluetooth speaker or headphones you pair that with the airfly that takes a few seconds and your music is transported wirelessly up to 20, 30 feet away from your device. Again, look at the website. It says, wish you could listen to in-flight TV with your AirPods, want to hear the gym cardio machines, TV audio with your wireless headphones. Now you can, thanks to AirFly, a tiny device that connects. But what I did the other day, I had my classic iPod on the plane. I had the AirFly, turned on the AirFly, plugged the audio cable that they provide into my classic iPod. Then I took my Bluetooth wireless headphones, turned those on, and the AirFly quickly paired to the headphones, and I was listening without any connecting cables. 12 South has done a really nice job on this affordable 
and versatile accessory. You will use it a lot and you will appreciate it and you will say, how did I ever live without it to have streaming wireless Bluetooth audio from my non-Bluetooth audio and video source. Back next week. This has been the Essential Apple Podcast and uh, I'd just like to say that uh, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, go over to EssentialApple.com and you can take a look at the Patreon or the Pinecast Tips Jar where you can either make a single donation or you can make uh, a regular subscription and all the money that you donate will go towards paying for the things like hosting and better microphones and such like. And of course, a very special thank you to those of you who already do support the show. We really do appreciate it. Thank you very much. We are part of the MyMac Podcasting Network, where you can find such shows as Tech Fan with Tim and Dave, MyMac with Guy and Gaz, The Three Geeky Ladies, The Geekiest Show Ever, uh, The Excellent Bart Bouchotts with his Let's Talk, The Club Nintendo, um, and probably some that I forgot. So why not head over to MyMac.com, download a show, and take a listen. Amazon, Google, Apple, Android, iOS, Alexa, Siri, technology, sci-fi, video games, tablets, computers, flash drives, toys, weather, and general silliness. Geekiest show ever, every week on the MyMac Podcasting Network. Central Apple Podcast. Goodbye and thank you for listening.